the intersection of entertainment and knowledge of greatness and destiny comes the greatest sports video game movie podcast on today please welcome in your hosts Clyrock and Mitch the Moldaw What's up, everybody? It's your man, Ply Rock, and welcome to another episode of Ply and the Moldog. We're so glad to be here. We're excited for tonight. We got a loaded show. It's unbelievable how much stuff Moldog wants to talk about here in the world of sports. Like, without anything going on, you'd think there'd be nothing going on, but everything's going on. What's going on, Moldog? Welcome in, dude. How are you? Thank you. Well, we have a virtual type situation how we do this vodcast and we get to talk about a virtual nfl draft with real implications unbelievable i can't wait to put this to bed forever <laughs> all right man let's hear about it what was it like what, what what do you think what are your thoughts well it was it was fascinating there was a huge curiosity factor right off the jump as to how this was going to be handled right it was streaming live on ESPN's uh, site. I was watching it on the computer. So I was streaming it live on ESPN's site and they had this massive, you know, what looked like a big screen TV, but it was, you know, a monitor of some sort, but it was absolutely massive and it was broken up into like 32 or 48 or some big number of subscreens on the monitor okay. that were in that were in either players houses mm-hmm. coaches houses mm-hmm. uh or goodell where he was um speaking from so it had all these subscreens to see all these families uh, coaches and administrators um handling this virtual draft and it was a it was a pretty neat setup i think uh one of my first tweets of the night i was tweeting live throughout the whole thing one of the first tweets of the night was Wow, did the ESPN IT department have a busy day getting getting these things uh, set up? It was pretty cool. It was interesting, and there were some really interesting things that came out of that as we get a little deeper um, into it. Some really funny anecdotal stuff that that made Twitter kind of run wild, uh, and it's still running wild on some of these topics. So uh, it was it was cool. They pulled it off. All right. It's it sounds like it was cool. It sounds like maybe they learned some lessons from Vince over his. Uh... He's been running, uh, you know, fanless shows and everything here for the past uh, month and a half here. So, all right, so give us right now, I know we don't have to go through all 32 teams because that's insane, but give us like, okay, give us like the overall, like who did the best, who do you think did the worst? Well, you know, a lot of our fans like the Giants, a lot of our fans like the Cowboys, a lot of our fans like the Eagles, so you can kind of place where you think some of these bigger franchises, you know, not including the Bengals or the Browns, you know, the fake teams, but the real teams, like where do they place? Like who did the best, who did the worst, you know, because you watched okay. it. Go ahead. Okay, so I broke down just a few of those, and then we'll get a little more granular onto some of these players that were really interesting and tied into some of these topics. Let's start with the best. I picked four teams for the best, and of course this is subject to to argument, but – the okay. best the best four drafts I thought were the Baltimore Ravens, no surprise. They have a great organization. Okay. They tend to run they tend to run the draft well and they hit again. The Minnesota Vikings had a good draft. The Miami Dolphins had a good draft and they needed to. I had spoken about that multiple times. Dolphins had a good draft. And then my fourth team was the Denver Broncos, who had a very quiet, nice draft that John Elway, who has had some misses over the years in the draft, had a very, very nice draft. So those four, now there's, you know, there's a little subset below. There's some B pluses below them, but, you know, then we would be covering everybody. Going over to the worst side of the ledger, and you kind of have to break this down into two subsets because some teams didn't have a first-round pick at all, okay? Your Buffalo Bills being one of them. So it's tough tough to kind of hammer a team's draft if they didn't have a first-rounder at all. You almost have to – equate the player they got or are getting yeah let's um, go first for, round you know for trading that so <clears throat> yeah so i'll take so i'll take the texans and the bears out of it because they didn't have a first round pick mm-hmm. i thought the worst was tennessee titans had a bad draft okay the lions had a bad draft which is surprised nobody ever yeah. 
The last good that, draft they had, I think, yeah. was Barry Sanders. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Chargers. The Chargers had a bad draft. Ooh. And and this is me because I've been hopping all over Justin Herbert yeah. from day one that that he's going to be a reach and he is not going to be anything. So we can get to him later. That's the Chargers. Wow. The, pa- the New England Patriots did not have a good draft. In well, my they didn't opinion. draft they a QB did either, a right? Uh-huh. They 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 have no they still claim they're going with the the well, guy Jared Stidham I've got there, a tryout. So we'll I've actually got a tryout for QB for the Patriots next weekend. Well, so I I'm think just, you got you got a good <laughs> shot. I'm icing my knees right now to see if I can get out there and win that yeah. starting job. It's but got, then there's know. then there's one team that is even below all of those. Okay. Whose draft was so much worse than everybody else's draft. The Houston Roughnecks. It's the most dissected draft, rightfully so, is the most dissected draft right now, and that is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, what did they do to Aaron Rodgers, man? They did the same thing to Rodgers. Uh, You know, the GOAT, you know, Aaron Rodgers, that everybody in the chat really loves Aaron Rodgers. Like, they're his favorite. Um, But they just did the same thing. They took Love, who I was talking about last week, and they snuck him in there just like they did with Brett Favre and Rodgers, right? Didn't they? Like almost to the day, like 10 years or whatever to the day. And almost to the same pick. I think Aaron Rodgers was the 25th pick in that draft, and Jordan Love was the 26th pick. So there are some eerie similarities. They put Aaron Rodgers on watch is what they did. And you know what? I think the Green Bay Packers had a terrible draft, but I agree with them on this 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm, sick of, I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers. I'm sick of his nonsense. He's a brooding, moody, pain in the ass. Makes a great fucking commercial. And he already ran one good coach out of town, and they're not going to let him run another coach out of town. And after one year coaching that guy, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Now, this is my opinion, you know, commentary. Sure. Uh, He he had enough. He said, I'm not going to lose my whole team or I'm not going to lose my job over this guy being a pain in the ass. And they put him on notice. I think that's exactly what this did. And – when his contract, when the when the escape clause comes up in two years, they owe him too much money over the next two years to mess with him. But after two years, he'll be 38, and there is zero, zero chance he will still be with the Green Bay Packers. You think that. so, really? Yes. Yes. Wow. You're, so you're you're saying he's all, this is it. This is his last year. Dude, my chat is already mad. They're already mad. Yeah, At why? Why are they mad? Watching. What they're do you mean? They're already mad. The Phoenix, my Phoenix contingent has checked in. Uh-huh. What are they saying totally, over there? Totally upset that I am not, did not put the Arizona Cardinals in the best category. The Arizona Cardinals had a pretty good draft. Well, now, there's 32 teams. Now, like, mind what, you. 31 of them had a good draft? I mean, someone's. Well, let, me, let me make the connection for you. If you remember last week, and I also tweeted this out on draft night, I was talking about how everybody was saying the New York Giants were going to take Isaiah Simmons at number four. I said there's zero chance that that is not happening. I don't know why all these mock drafts are saying that. Sure. They're all wrong. Mm-hmm. They should be called mock drafts because we should be mocking them because they're so wrong. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the Giants did not take Isaiah Simmons at No, the four. Giants they, didn't. They took the tackle they needed. So Isaiah Simmons slipped to the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. So the reason I am not ranking the Cardinals as an A or an A minus mm-hmm. is because I just don't I think Isaiah Simmons is a lot more sizzle than he is steak. Now, I could be wrong. He's versatile, he's fast, he runs all around, he looks great on film. He is not a stick your nose in it mm-hmm. line of scrimmage type of guy. Now, in the Cardinals system, he may be good because they may not be asking him to do that. And that's the whole thing with these guys. When judging a draft, you have to really look at how these guys fit into the system they're going in. Sure. It's not it's not just about best player available. Some teams, that's what they do. Best guy on the board, whatever. We're taking the best athlete available, best player available, and we'll and we will fit him into our system. Mm-hmm. Other teams look at it and say, Hey, this guy's a great player, but he doesn't necessarily fit what we like to do. And he's not so good. He's not Lawrence Taylor that we're going to change around what we do. There's not so. enough cocaine left in the world for any linebacker ever to be Lawrence Taylor ever again. By the way, Bulldog, while your chat is blowing up on your side of things about the Arizona Cardinals, my chat is having a discussion about the best or worst boob jobs 
in WWE right now. So this is insane. I'm reading the comments. I don't know if I can actually repeat them right now, but they are debating. They are debating this in the chat. And Carl wants me to ask you, by the way, real quick, Moldog, how did the Giants – give the Giants a grade. Give us a little bit of the Giants, how they did draft night. Just focus in on the Giants for 45 seconds. Giants get a B plus. The Giants get a B plus. Okay. And so they did They did well. So they kind of got what they needed. The need. Yeah, they got what they needed. That's exactly right. The Giants were drafting from need, and their needs were many. So they yeah, had a lot of need, holes. They to need fill. a whole team. So yeah. I mean. So they took they took the tackle who was the best tackle on their board at number four. Now you could disagree. Some guy liked the Iowa guy better. Other people liked the Louisville kid better. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants liked this guy better. Which so be it. If he's number one on your board, you know you got to see how it it comes out. But another interesting thing that they did in the third round, thirty mm-hmm. fifth pick, uh, the 99th pick overall in the third round, thirty fifth pick in the third round, 99th pick overall. They took another tackle, mm-hmm. kid named Matt Peart from the University of Connecticut, of all places. Good wait, player, wait, terrible wait team. UConn has a football team? Yes, right. Oh, you heard that correct. <laughs> give me uh, they, a break. They took a tackle. Now, I, it, should be no, it should be no mystery or no surprise to anybody that that was the only University of Connecticut player drafted. Yeah, I mean, come I'm on. That's all. That's nice. That's um, congratulations. That's so great. So the so Giants. We'll so the Giants get a B plus. So B now plus. let's let's so let's let's talk about let's talk about. Uh, as you said, presentation was different. So give people who didn't watch, like me, because I was live for all the pioneers. Give people who didn't watch a little bit of an overview at what they were missing. Like, how did they? Weren't some people at home in their pajamas? Yeah. Or you know. Things like that going on too. Oh, there was a lot of stretch pants on draft night okay. in, in in those living rooms. That is there funny. Sure, there sure was. So how it, how it shook down, right? So instead of Roger Goodell coming up to the podium in in well, they used to just do it in Radio City Music Hall all the time. Now they it's a traveling road show. But instead of him coming up to the podium and announcing the pick off the card. And the player coming up to the stage and him giving him the hat and giving him a hug mm-hmm. and a jersey with a number one on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all gone. So it's Roger Goodell in his basement or his den or whatever. Yeah, wherever he deflates he's still, his footballs. Yeah. Exactly. And he's still got a card, but he's he's going to like the monitor and like queuing up the city. Right. So he's got Cincinnati's pick and he goes, Hey, Cincinnati, you know, like he's talking to him. He's like, you know. Let's get loud for, you know, the first pick, blah, blah, blah. So he's actually talking to the fans of the team in which he's delivering a pick. Mm-hmm. Now, it with Roger Goodell, it came off scripted. It came off, he is a wooden, you know, he's a cigar store Indian out there. He is just stiff and wooden, no personality. You know, he's a cardboard cutout. Sure. So he had, dif- he had difficulty pulling this off. He did not look comfortable. Okay. And this is like this is like well, the last not, thing I mean, he wanted to do. He's not listen, an MC. I don't like the guy, but this is not normal. His normal, this is not in his wheelhouse. So I'm not gonna like beat up. Right, there's plenty of things we can beat up Roger Goodell over. I don't know if this is one of them. I don't think it's fair to whoop his ass over his wooden delivery at at his house in his stretch yoga pants. At a screen. No, he had a suit. He had a suit. He didn't oh, have stretch. Oh, he was wearing a suit. Okay, cool. So whatever his stretch suit he was wearing. By the way, before I forget, Moldog Stevie, the lag switch wants to know. All everybody wants to know your take because they love you so much. On the Redskins themselves, how did the Washington Redskins? And give us give the Phillies a grade too. So because I know those comments are coming too. So hit us quickly with the Redskins. Hit us quickly with Philadelphia. How did they do? And I know you already said, I know you already said that the Ravens you thought uh, had won the draft night, so that's understandable. And before you answer that question, first of all, uh, Buck, thank you so much for the stars. We really do appreciate the support. I owe you a chair dance. Um, Buck is saying, I hope to get to see my brother go next year as a tight end. His QB got signed by the Texans the day after the draft as a free agent. That is so cool. And if that happens, we will go see a game together once this lockdown is done. I'll get in Ply Force 1 
and fly somewhere. I don't care. Well, actually, probably not going to fly for a while. But <laughs> I'll drive somewhere in the Madden bus to see one of these games. So, okay, Bulldog, Redskins, Eagles. Okay. Go. The Washington Redskins, this is a this is a tale of, of two different things here. Okay. We knew the Reds we knew the Redskins were gonna pick Chase Young at number two, or at least I was ninety nine percent confident that that was going to happen. Okay. I have gone on I have gone on these airwaves and thought Chase Young was overhyped. I think he's too small. He plays smaller than he looks. Every time I watched him, yep. it was not as impressive. So you have to really kind of bifurcate their draft into Chase Young at pick number one and the rest of it. The Redskins had a pretty good draft. Okay. I think they, they did a nice job in the middle rounds. Okay. Um, I think they might have got uh, another reliable pass rusher. And if I'm wrong on Chase Young, then that – Oh, Redskins, I'll let you know, baby. Don't yeah, worry. That Redskins grade goes to an A. If I'm wrong on Chase Young – the Redskins are an A. So that's the big – that is the shoe that, you know, is yet to drop. We will see on Chase Young. My guess is this is not the last time we revisit the subject of Chase Young because I know, lag, you know, lag switches, uh, he's the he's the Redskin guy. Mm-hmm. And But even take Chase Young out of the equation, the Redskins did a pretty nice job in spite of themselves because when Daniel Snyder, you know, kind of butts in a little too much – Bad things happen on the Redskins, okay. but they did a nice they did a nice job. Have a have a good coach in first year coach Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. So they did a ni- they did a nice job. Solid, okay, that's fair. Solid B, yeah, solid B to B plus for the Skins. They go to an A if Chase Young is what. Didn't they also get Randy people. Moss's son? Randy Moss's son. I believe the Redskins drafted or signed Randy. That's how old we are now. I'm pretty well, sure Randy Moss's son was in this draft. I remember you know, Randy Moss in his prime when he was punching people in parking lots. The funny thing is, you you said that right. This is how old we're getting. Mm-hmm. I I I as I was watching the draft and watching these things come in, I was like, "Holy cow! How many juniors have I seen in this draft?" <laughs> and not where I, <laughs> yeah, where I watched their uh, wow, where I watched their father. Yeah. So well, um, yeah. that is that is possible if if they got him sometime late that I did not. You know, round four, round five, six, somewhere in there. I guess that's possible. I I didn't. Uh, well, Stevie in the chat is saying that. he's a tight end out of LSU. What's his last name? Moss. I assume it's Moss. Yeah, Thad- his name's Thaddeus Moss. Uh, I yeah. know the kid from LSU. So uh, yeah, he's there. It, yeah, if they took him, that's that's who he's talking about. He's talking about Thaddeus Moss. All right. Who? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, is, is, yeah, that that is awesome. There there were a lot of juniors, but I give the Redskins a like I said, I give the Redskins a solid grade. Okay. What about the Eagles? Oh, now we go to the Eagles. Just trash but, them. Let's go. Let's get bana- the No, let's bananas get this. Come He on. was going nuts. He was going nuts on draft night, so he's not he's not going to be shocked. Bananas is not going to be shocked. Okay. The the Eagles the Eagles had an interesting draft, okay? So that's they, a that's a D plus or a C minus. Yeah, they they made a very interesting move in round two. Okay. They they took Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. All right. in the second round now. Okay. They took a wide they took a wide receiver in the first round, which they needed. So I'm sure bananas was fine. They need a wide receiver. We had talked about the Eagles needing a wide out. They took a wide out. Okay. You could argue whether you could argue whether that was the best guy available at that time. But I don't do that because he was obviously the number one wide receiver on the Eagle board, and that's who they took. So that's fine. But then in round two, they go and get Jalen Hurts. So the Eagles have kind of – there's one of two things that can happen there. They've either – he's either just very, very expensive insurance for Carson Wentz, who – Carson's has been had, hurt. Like every yeah. two days he gets like – he's. He'll call you and go, sorry, I can't come to work. I cut myself doing dishes, so I'm out for six weeks. Well, and that's the thing. So he's either very expensive insurance for Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. or they have some interesting packages that they're going to use him in, kind of the way New Orleans uses um, the the kid from BYU, 
um, to, they kind of run them in wildcat. They run them in direct snaps. They do this. So they could be thinking about doing something like that with Jalen Hurts too. Yeah, but don't they However, always... that's a high spot to take them to do something like that with them. Don't they always, like you always hear this every draft, like, oh, they drafted this guy because they're going to run more college-style plays and mix things up and – do all these it never works out like generally like I could name on my hand the few times I remember like odd play rotations like in college where you had two quarterbacks constantly going back and forth or whatever like I remember Cordell Stewart was the slash right so he played every position on the field at once and then you had uh you had I think down in New Orleans back in the day didn't they have Reggie Bush and uh, the other guy, I forgot the other guy's name, like the, the running backs would like rotate constantly, like more than any other running backs. And so I don't, they always say that, oh, we're going to run some interesting packages, but interesting packages to me don't generally last in the NFL. It's, you need a steady quarterback and a steady leader, not, not, not two quarterbacks constantly tagging in and out, out of the huddle. I don't think that ever works. Am I well, wrong? nor nor do you. No, you're not wrong. Nor do you run a. Nor do you use a second round pick on that. The reason the reason it works for New Orleans is, yeah, they're they're doing it in a very a very um, small amount of kind of situations and formations where they bring in in that that kid Tavon Newsom, I think is his name, mm-hmm. where they bring in that kid to either direct snap or this that and the other. So it's a small package of plays specifically to do that. And again, they're the New Orleans Saints, and they're Sean Payton. So they do things a little better than people do anyway. So they can get away with some of that. But you're right. Any of these gimmicks, gimmicky offenses or things that have come into the NFL over recent years, they have a, they have a shelf life to them. You know, the wildcat, the this, the that, you yeah. know, these, the H-back, using the H-back, using the tight end in the backfield. Doing this, you know, some coach thinks he's figured out the the secret sauce, and defenses you know, it worked, take a few weeks, and then there. you're dead. Yeah. So it's it what happens. But the Eagles, man, you know, ugh, B minus at best. Oh, you're just being is, nice. You're being nice to yeah. the chat. And Don't this be is nice if some of it works. This is if some of it works out. They did. I did like what they did. They made a small trade with the 49ers to bring in a uh, a another wide receiver which again, we talked about how they needed wide receivers. So they drafted their need in the first round. They, they landed a, you know, halfway decent kind of a underperformer, but a really fast guy named Marquise Goodwin. He kind of toiled with the 49ers a little bit, but he's a burner. Um, the pick it's Jalen hurts. It's that second round pick that, that irks you. I'm trying to figure out, you know, they did it for a reason. Everybody does these things for a reason. Sure. Well, so, yeah. What are they thinking? What this, are they thinking there? This whole conversation could mean shit two years from now because we could look back on this and say, wow, the Eagles had the best draft of 2020. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 you never know. I mean, it could be some of these picks that we think are like first round, second round could be Ryan Leaf style picks. And on the flip side of that, you know, I mean, Tom Brady was drafted what in the twenty-sixth round at, you know, seventy-eight thousand one hundred thirty-second player to go that year. So you just never know what how this is all. This is still speculation. There's been no workouts. The facilities aren't generally open yet. These these poor teams don't even know if these guys are uh, destroying their livers or or uh, they're they gotten fat and happy over the past few months either so they, they don't have the medicals they no, need they're taking they risks on these guys so who the hell knows this is still a mock draft to be honest with you if you're actually looking at it logically there was That's no combine point. there was no yeah. nfl combine really this year right um, well it was a, it was it was, was a very reduced combine yeah yes, which was, which most of the best players yeah. don't even show up to anymore anyway right that's true. They get so, more out of the pro day, and the pro days did not happen. Bananas, all right. Bananas is blowing up, and I see right through his thinly veiled uh, issue here. He, he <laughs> we'll claims, go with bananas first, and I'll go with preacher after. Yeah. Well, first of all, before I forget, I did put this in just for you because I knew Tom Brady's name would come up. Mm-hmm. So I circled the number 199th pick in the draft. That's where Tom Brady was picked. 199. Oh yeah, you remind me oh, every time. Yes. So the Rams drafted a safety out of Ohio State. 
by the name of Jordan Fuller. We are calling him from this point forward the Tom Brady pick. So we'll see if he turns into Tom Brady or not. But he was right. picked. He's on my fantasy team. team. Yeah. So Bananas is blown up, and he's just trying to talk himself into this. This is thinly veiled. He okay. loves he loves the Hurts pick because Carson Wentz is injury prone. Well, that's true. My point to that is that is too high for injury insurance. You can't be drafting injury insurance in the second round. That is too much draft capital to expend on injury insurance. Injury insurance is rounds five through seven compensatory picks and undrafted free agents, mm-hmm. not your second round pick. No, I agree. Too much draft capital Shitty pick. to expend on. So he's trying to talk himself into that he likes it. You, you give him a shot of sodium could, pentothal, it could, it he could, doesn't like it. It could work. Preacher is saying the thing is Lamar Jackson had an MVP season running more than he threw, so now it will be the hot trend. Even though we don't know if it will last long-term beyond a first-year shock factor. They got shut down in the playoffs, so that shows the offense wasn't unstoppable. But teams will 100% try to replicate the Ravens' success. So, yeah, I, I mean, I see that. I mean, but they did get whooped in the playoffs, didn't they? Yes, and and Lamar Jackson did have an MVP season, and it was really not even close. So he deserved it. And he took a little bit of the tarnish off of the you can't run in this league. Yeah. It's not that you can't run in this league. I amend that to you can't run too, too long because that one hit is going to do you in. Sure. So you can't. Lamar Jackson cannot run like that for five years. He will not be around. But he'll be dead. he, he, He did have a great he did have a great season. He did have a great year. But at the end of the day, a yep. good defense did shut him down. Yeah, they so will you, eventually. You cannot, yeah, you cannot underestimate that. Well, like Stevie's bringing up a good point in the chat. Teams couldn't figure out RG3 for a while. And then once they did, they kicked his ass like he was done. So that, that's, that's a, a great, great point, great point there, great Black one. Switch. We appreciate it. My, uh, my Carl Weathers predator partner, which we'll talk yeah. about later. Because so, I was very high on RG3 coming out because he was the real deal. He could he throw is. it. He was talented he was as good, hell. Yeah, good decision maker, yeah. not a dummy, good head on his shoulders, and, you know, went back into a game with a with a knee that he should have been resting on, took another hit, and never was a starter after that. Bad, tough story. Tragic story, RG3, man. He was, he was a talented guy. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, the chat is also saying not only that, Muldog, but Hertz is an injury risk too. Replacing one injury risk with a possible second injury risk in Hertz, it probably isn't the right call. So Preacher coming in saying, look, Hertz isn't necessarily the Terminator either. Not that anybody in the NFL is because such a it used to be such a rough sport, but every year seems to get a little less rough. But they this is still a violent game, but this guy this guy Hertz must be getting Hertz too. So, yeah. who the hell knows? You know, and I don't mean rental car hurts. No, you don't. You don't know. Now, you're Buffalo Bills. Oh, well, they just Why? get an A, baby. Come on. You're Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Did take. Yep. Jake Fromm. Yeah, we did. Okay, now, Jake Fromm is an interesting story on a number of levels. Let's go. First of all. For the Fromm, baby. Let's get some Fromm love in the chat. First of all, if he comes out last year, mm-hmm. if he doesn't go back for his senior year, He's drafted higher. He went backwards in his senior year in terms of draft status. Okay. But that doesn't matter. If he ends up being great, that doesn't matter. Second is there is a show on Netflix that I am into that is excellent. It's called QB one beyond the lights, I believe is the name of it. Okay. And it tracks three, um, the season I'm in at least it tracks three high school blue chip quarterbacks on their senior seasons and the recruiting and where they've committed to where they're going to college, this, that, and the other. So it's kind of a story about big time high school quarterback recruiting. Okay. One, one of the guys in the season that I'm watching is Jake Fromm. Yeah. Before, baby. Yeah. So he's the first uh, alumni, mm-hmm. if you will, of uh the QB one show. So I would recommend that QB one show. Anybody who's a college football fan, pro football fan, whatever. It's interesting to see uh, some of the high school facilities in this show 
are better than uh, than many college facilities. I mean, it's Especially really amazing. down south. Down south, up out here west. they're a dump. Oh, out here, up here they're a dump. Exactly. But down yep. south, man, some of those high school football uh, places are better than most college facilities. You are correct. They're they're yep. Friday night lights all the way, man. Like that show was accurate. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Is there anything else, Moldog, you feel like, or anybody in the chat, anything else we need to cover in the NFL draft before we can finally put this thing to bed and talk about some other sports news? You guys got about 45 seconds to let me know with the delay. Is there anything else we need to ask the smartest man in sports that I've got here, Moldog, about the NFL draft? Or, Moldog, is there anything, other comments you'd like to make about the draft besides the viewership was through the roof, obviously. It probably broke records because there was just ply in them. Ply was on and then the draft, and then we both broke records that night. So clearly I was competing with the NFL. Yeah. But is there anything else that you think should be covered uh, with the NFL draft? Uh, now's the time before we uh, we kind of move on to the next uh, sports subject. Yeah, three, three quick uh, bullets. First of all, the Raiders uh, were interesting. They did something very Raider-like. They took wide receivers in round one, round two, and round three. And I made the point that the Raiders have been looking for the next Cliff Branch for 20 years, and they just keep drafting wide receivers. They've had a flurry of these track star type guys, mm-hmm. but for for they need them. They needed them. I don't know if they sure. needed three in the first three rounds, but uh, Derek Carr's got some toys. Gruden's got some toys to throw it around, so we'll see what the Raiders do. The second was the New England Patriots. All right, they trade out of the first round, which is fine. I see Belichick does it all the time, right? He trades back all the time. They trade out of the first round, and their first pick, which is in the second round, they take a safety out of a Division II school. Well, where was Tom Brady from? Tom Brady was from Michigan. Okay, so he's a Division I, but he was like an eighth stringer, wasn't he? Yeah, he w- he wasn't even the starter until his senior year. That's exactly right. Yeah, they take this guy out of a college called Lenore Rhine. Oh, that's a nice place. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? Yeah, where is it? It's right on the. I don't. I think didn't Patton capture it during uh, World War Two? <laughs> Lenore Rhine would be my guess. I don't know, but uh, that's point number two. Point number three. The Rhine. Yeah, because this is fair. This I gotta I gotta give him some love because he is an ex cowboy, but he's great on broadcast. He's an interesting listen. Michael Irvin wins best dressed person on ESPN for the draft. He was sharp, man. He had this like cranberry uh, it. cranberry suit with the, oh man, he looked GQ. Mike, GQ. Michael Irvin killed it. Did I tell you the story of how I met Michael Irvin? I did not know you ever met Michael Irvin. Yeah, I was drunk, but I was at a, uh, there's a stop and shop grocery store located close to ESPN's headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut. Sure. And I was there at two o'clock in the morning one night when I was in or long, this is probably over a, well, how old am I now? So this is, this is probably 50, 20 years ago at this point in my life, leaving, leaving one of the local barfly pubs in Bristol, Connecticut. And I stopped down there. We all, me and the buddy stopped down there to get our late night grub before we went home to play video games and pass out with, half you know reheated burritos on our faces it's a big night at bleachers Is yeah that what yeah basically why? so then i was i was walking down the uh the aisle uh the front registers and i saw like this like and i was a little tipsy i was not driving by the way i was a little tipsy and i saw like this flicker of light like across the grocery store like a shimmer like a star in the sky kind of thing you know like the northern star it sparkles and it was fucking one of Michael Irving's earrings. Like it caught my attention, and then he's a big dude. So then I yeah, ended yeah. up. He was with he was with Max Kellerman. They must have had just finished their their rounds for whatever. And to be Max Kellerman was the boxing guy at this point. Yep. He was not the pretend know everything sports guy at oh. that point. He was the boxing guy. And my least he, favorite personality at ESPN, and that's saying something. He's great at base at boxing, but he, they pushed him into like everything, and he's just not there with everything. He, he, I would be better at him in sports on ESPN with everything, and I don't know anything. You know what I mean? He 
if he stuck to the boxing end of things, which unfortunately boxing, there's just not really a need for it anymore as much because boxing's kind of dying a slow death like we like we discussed episodes ago. But he was great at that. He was great at the history. He was great at predicting fights. Like he he just was in the boxing wheelhouse. He was fantastic. But when they moved him into everything to have him argue with Stephen A. Smith or all these other people, he's a he's a dumpster fire. So well, anyway, he's, and he's determined. He's come in. He's made himself into this just over the top social yeah. justice warrior type too. I mean, everything, blah blah yeah, blah. It is. He's, he's just he's putrid. He's putrid. It's whatever. It is what it is. But he. Yep. So anyway, he was young at the time. He was probably a little older, tiny bit older than me. But I ended up walking up to Michael Irvin, and I was hammered. And he was like, and I'm six one, so he's got to be at least six five, six six. He's a big receiver. He's not a thin. Re- he was not a thin receiver. He was built like a brick shit house. Yeah, he was tough. And when I walked up to him, I was like, "Dude, you're Michael Irvin." He's like, "Yeah, man, what's going on, brother?" Like I was like, "Yeah, awesome, dude." I'm not. I wasn't really a Cowboys fan, but I was like, "I noticed your earrings, dude. They're awesome." He's like, "Thanks." And then I went and bought my sandwich. Yeah. So that's my Michael Irvin story. He must have had about seventeen hundred carrots in his ear. By the way, I mean that I've never seen. I mean, Nelly, DMX. I don't care whoever else is wearing this ice. I've never seen a bigger earring in somebody's ear than Michael Irving. Did he? Was he still wearing them for the draft? Is what I want. Oh write. yeah, he's all. Oh, he's always blinged out, but like, like blinged out where it looks good, not like. Yeah, no, no, no. Played. He was rocking no, it, bro. It looks, he was it rocking it. Good. I am yeah. not. I am not disrespecting the bling. Because I had a fat cubic zirconian in my ear that night, too. Because it was the late 90s, early 2000s, and I was rocking the frosted tips and the cubic zirconian, too. But this guy had some ice in his ear that was like, this shit could have played records, bro. Like You could have put this on a record player. This thing was huge. Like, if Superman was there, it would have weakened his ass. Like, that's how big this rock was. Do you know what I mean? So it was oh, awesome. Man, I'm trying to picture the frosted tips because you know I went down that road once in the '90s too, and it did yeah. not. Uh, yeah, that no, was actually I, the early. 2000s. I look good. I had like the blended frosted tips. I didn't just have like frosted tips, like Tiger King frosted tip shit. I had like, I guess it was more like a blended, so it made my hair like a little bit lighter. So gotcha. as, as opposed to like just tips of blonde all over the place. So it was like a, it was a highlight, but then it was like a spread out. So it was like some dark toast, but a little bit of butter. You know what I mean? It looked good. It looked good. And I looked, I, I looked like Aaron Carter. It was not a good look. <clears throat> no, that's fucking horrible. Yeah. So all bad. right, <laughs> bananas is saying. By the way, we see Flame in there. What's going on, Flame? Flame is in the chat too. For those of you on audio, what's up, Flame? Been a long time. She is here. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie saying, I bet you Irvin was on coke too. Jeez, they're so brutal well, in the chat. Bananas, bananas is asking, ask him about Jamie's going to the Saints. Who? Jameis, Jameis Winston is who he's talking about. Oh, the uh, the the interception guy. Yeah, Tampa Bay guy. So. I threw more interceptions than him though in that ESPN NFL 2K5 game that I played. Right. So you have a really interesting scenario, right? You got these two quarterbacks with with you know Jameis Winston's interceptions, notwithstanding. You have these two NFL quarterbacks with with a fair degree of success on the open market. One being Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. and the other being Cam Newton. Right? Cam Newton being the other big. Where shooter did Cam drop. go? Nowhere. Yeah, this who, is the thing. Who? He no medicals. Yeah. No medicals. Nobody's gonna take a shot on Cam Newton until they know those medicals are wow. good. Wow. So he is a man without a country now. Jameis Winston. Uh, it was it was rumored all day. I don't know if it, it it sounds by like what bananas is saying that it happened. I had heard it happened, then I had heard no, it wasn't done. It's it, but it's gonna happen. So it, it seems like he's going to the Saints, and it seems oh, like so. It's not a done deal yet. I, it may be. It may be by now. I mean, I I last checked that it's been a couple hours on Jameis Winston. So okay. Um, well, the chat is but, gonna probably tell us in a second. But anyway, he's signing for small money. But Cam Newton and it's probably the right thing for Cam Newton to do is he's got to hold out until teams can check him out and, and get those medicals straight. And then somebody will pay him. Cause by the time he comes around and gets those medicals straight and we're up and running, 
there's going to be five quarterbacks hurt and out for the year. So sure. Cam's can't. So I think Cam is making a calculated play here where Jameis is looking for a landing spot. Well, Jameis is probably looking for some redemption. Well, and I don't know he how much wants redemption. To play, he wants to probably play for a New good Orleans. coach, right? He's going to be playing for a great coach. So he but, needs to learn how to not throw interceptions. But he's not going to get on the field a hell of a lot with Drew Brees there. Yeah, but Drew's got a year or two left. Probably only a year. Maybe, sounds like it's only, maybe sounds like it's a, only year. a year. I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to last forever and be the greatest of all time. You know? So he, I think it's a good play. Take the pay cut now. You already got a few million in the bank from being absolutely atrociously awful at the last team you played for. You play for a great coach. Learn under one of the best quarterbacks ever. You know? And take it all in for a year. Someone will pick him up. Like, if he stays in St. Louis, he, I'm not St. Louis, sorry, in New Orleans, he could become the starter. Like, he has Absolutely. a shot. He's got yeah. the pedigree for it. Just stop throwing interceptions, bro. That's all you have to do. Just, like, check it out. Watch me right here. See my eyes? Just don't throw to people with other jerseys on. Right. Look at your jersey. You're gonna what be, color is my jersey? Throw you're going to be good. Guy. You're going to be yeah. good. You got the arm. You got the speed. You got You got the looks. You sell good deodorant. Like, you're good. Just don't – okay, different color, don't throw. Don't yeah. throw. See it? Oh, boom, you're done. So he just needs Drew Brees to tell him that. And he needs Peyton walk, to tell and, him that. Yeah. And don't walk out of, don't walk out of Kroger without pray, paying for your crab legs. Yeah, don't that's do the, that. That's don't the do only that other either. Thing. Hey, crab legs remember. are fucking expensive, bro. I understand, man. Man, dude. I've been to some Chinese buffets. They threw my yeah. ass out. They're yeah, like, I, they're I, like I, you know what? I, I thought you said this sign was all you can eat. Yeah, until we met you. Yeah. So I totally understand. Dude, I'm not going to say the mull dog never went up to the seafood deli and got a few pounds of swordfish and then slapped a, a sticker for a pound and a half of bologna on it. I'm not going to say that never happened. So oh, who, am I to judge ja- who am I to judge James? But that I'm was many you. moons ago. That was, it, that was before the big sponsorship money from flying the mull dog started. I know bologna. Bananas wants to get this out of his system because all of a sudden him and Goodell are dating now. But he says, let's talk about Goodell not getting a paycheck during this, this stuff. <laughs> He has gone up in my book in the last week. Because I guess he waived his salary. He like, waived? Yeah. Uh, voluntarily. This, is, this is a tough one. This is a tough I one. don't think it's a bad move. It's so, a great move. It's I a don't great think move. it's a bad move. I question I, the motivation, and it's because, not as much as people think, because he said during this time, the way he worded it, during this time. Well, during what time? For the whole year? No, not for the whole year just for when they start up again. So whatever during this time means, whatever. But I'm not going to trash Goodell. It's a great move or whatever. I just question, Goodell is such a politician. This is a move out of optics as opposed it to a move. It could be. I mean, what did but he give up? But that's dangerous. Wait that, a minute. Get, I know. Getting Listen, into people's motivations Yeah, we don't know dangerous. what's in people's like minds. Right. I don't like to do that. But I'm not a Goodell guy, so I'm going to view it through my Goodell prism, which is he's a politician first. Because he is, he's just he's just a political guy. I mean, the that's owners, kind of part of the yeah, that's kind of part of the job. But the owners like him. The owners like him because he, he works makes for the owners. Very, he's very good at what he does. So he brings money in for the National Football League. Yes. Let's let's not go back into what commissioners are really supposed to do because we litigated that a few episodes ago. But a lot of these commissioners now they don't they don't protect the integrity of the game. They work for the owners. Originally, they were created by the owners to protect the integrity of the game. But now it's just a conglomerate of, you know, business people. And he is the, you know, he's making the deals and everything and deflating the footballs to, you know, get their to get their ratings up. So it is what it is. But we can put the NFL draft to bed now. Finally, unless you got anything else, Moldog, you want to add. No, I'm good. All right, hit me with the next one, baby. I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready. I'm I'm ready. I don't know if you're, you're sitting down. I'm ready because we got 15 minutes left of the sports All segment right. before we get to the top 10 list, which is going to piss everybody off, and I'm going to have right. fun. There is a rumor circulating in certain circles, Okay. Twitter, Twitter, social media, blah, blah, blah. Some people are dispelling it. Some people are behind it. <clears throat> seems Seems to be rooted in. I heard something, so I don't know really where to go with that. But that the WWE mm-hmm. is in negotiations to sell to 
the team, this makes it even more interesting, of ESPN and Fox. Not just programming. The entire WWE. The company. Are you asking me for if I think it's true or not, or are you asking me for my opinion? Are we going to go true or false and then go what if it is true? I don't know. Other people seem to have very strong opinions on the gentleman who is behind the rumor. Some say you can't believe anything this guy <laughs> yeah, says. Yeah, it's probably Some a Meltzer type. It's a Dave yeah, Meltzer yeah. type guy. So, so there you have it. So, what do you what do you think? That's that's where we're at. That's that is what is out there. First of all, I don't know if I don't. I think it's funny that the rumor. First of all, the more you think about it, ESPN and Fox are going to work together to buy the WWE. If you actually break down that statement, all you said was Disney is looking to buy the WWE. Because that's what you just said, because Disney owns Fox and they own ESPN, correct? The piece the piece of Fox that is the sports outlet. Yeah, which is the Fox right. Broadcasting yeah. Network, yeah. Yeah. which so I believe uh, is 21st. Or, uh, does Disney own 21st Century Fox? Or do they own Fox Broadcasting? Do they not own Fox Broadcasting? They own something. I think it's 20th Century Fox. Okay. So, but either either way, getting those two behemoths together, you know, this is this is messy. Listen, here's the deal. My initial gut feeling on the rumor is we've been hearing rumors for a few years now that Vince is looking to offshoot the WWE. We've been hearing this from numerous different ringside sheet guys like this guy uh for for a few years um my initial gut feeling is this rumor is not true but let's pretend for a minute that this rumor is true just to see where the rabbit hole goes for a second if this is indeed true and espn and fox somehow put together this mishmash uh, conglomerate to buy the WWE and run it as a company, that company's dead. So it's not going to last. I have seen wrestling promotions before run by corporate boards and run by like impersonal type business to just business decision type stuff going on. And wrestling is a different animal than per se you know, the NFL, which, which you know, you can make business decisions and then the game plays itself out on the field. With wrestling, clearly, the, it's more of a story being told constantly and where they have to make these booking decisions, who they're going to push, who they're not going to push, you know, what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw, who, you know, whatever it is, there's a lot more going on. So if you don't have the right, if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, first of all, the product is going to suck. Because the general vision isn't going to stay where it needs to stay. And you can you can point to different times in the WWE's era, uh, eras, different eras, where you could tell there's too many cooks in the kitchen and the product doesn't make sense or they're pushing the wrong guy or lady and the crowd is booing or whatever's going on. It just doesn't work. And then you can point directly to WCW. When Ted Turner buys it, initially the influx of cash, the influx of stealing all the great talent from the WWF at the time, they take off like a rocket. You know, you got that st- the all-star, but basically all they did was steal all the WWF stars. And, but then they let them run amok because they didn't know how to promote a wrestling organization. And it died a slow, miserable, disgusting death over the next few years. And it went out of business and Vince bought it cheap. So if this is indeed true, which I do not believe it to be true, the WW, this would be a nail in the coffin. Fans wouldn't, as much as people like to shit on Vince a lot, you know, I don't shit on Vince, but a lot of people like to shit on Vince. If it isn't for Vince, you don't have the Ultimate Warrior. You don't have Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't have The Rock, You who's on the Plies uh, Action Top 10 list, by the way. You don't have all these different, like the direction of the company, the attitude era, the John Cena, you know, you just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, I I think if one guy bought the WWE, like if one, 
lady or guy or one visionary bought the WWE itself, like had the money, like a Mark Cuban. Okay. If someone like that necessarily bought the WWE, I think it could work. But Mark Cuban's not going to be involved in day-to-day operations of a, of a professional wrestling company. <laughs> but I mean, just one, if one person zoned in on that baby and did it themselves, who was, who loved entertainment and loved professional wrestling, it could survive. Like if Triple H had the money and he bought the company from his father-in-law, okay, for billion dollars or whatever it is, the company would survive. If ESPN and Fox get together to buy it, forget about it. We're all going to AEW tomorrow. So that's my take on it. Okay. How'd that sound? Was that good? That, that sounded great. And again, everything I was reading and trying to dig in, uh, it sounded more like rumor by the yeah, people I don't think who it's were true. chiming in. So we shall, we shall see. The proof will be in the pudding. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. I bet you Vince is running around his office right now piss-kicking shit. I don't think he's in a good mood. But I don't believe for one second he... Unless they made him some egregiously stupid offer. Because he is getting older, too. Like He's probably like, you know, F this. I don't want to do this shit anymore. 74 years old. Isn't he? But he's an animal. He's been doing it since he was a kid. His dad owned it. He bought it from his dad. He turned it into a billion-dollar uh, company. So I don't, I just don't see him handing it over. I would see him handing it over to his daughter and his son-in-law before handing it over to a board. Unless the, unless the money is so ridiculously high, like they're overpaying because they're freaking out because they have no live content and they don't know when live content is going to happen. He's not he's not biting on it. He's got negotiation there then. He can say just pay me and I'll produce the content. Like why sell it? You know, he already took a bath on the XFL. Who the hell knows where that's going to go? You know, un- uncontrolled by any of them. So he's he ain't getting rid of it. That's crazy. <clears throat> okay. No way. I'm going on the record. I know you go on the record for a lot of stuff. I'm going on the record saying that rumor's not true. Okay, I like it. I li- I like the tough stand. I like it. Yeah. What else you got for me besides the Red Sox suck and cheat? All right, last dance. <laughs> oh, the last dance. That's right. The last the Michael dance. Jordan, the Michael All Jordan right. uh, documentary. So I haven't you seen were... it yet. I'm going to watch the whole thing at once. What okay. do you think? All right. All right. So we will not do we will not do spoiler alerts, but we will we will recap uh uh, at 50,000 feet, the first four episodes, all right? We're four episodes in. There'll be two more released this Sunday night, and then two more the next Sunday night, and two more the next Sunday night. So, so it's by, a total of 10 episodes? Total of 10. It'll be done by the middle of May. Okay. okay. And then let me ask you this. Yep. Is it a documentary-style show? Like yes, it is. Yes, it is interviews. It is live footage, and it is... Uh, you know, um, you know, sit down, sit down questioning of Michael Jordan himself or everybody around him or both of Michael Jordan, of Scottie Pippen, of Dennis Rodman, of Isaiah Thomas, of a lot oh. of. Yeah, it Isaiah is Thomas. That's funny. Yeah. Of the it Pistons? is. Yes. Mr. 1992 never made the team. You know, this is all coming up. <laughs> at some point. Now, there's, there's, there's two things here. First of all, this is. I was not a Bulls fan. Obviously, I'm a Celtics fan. I never liked the Bulls. I respected sure. Jordan. I respected Jordan, of course, and everything. This is good. This documentary is good. The first two episodes, again, no spoilers, was was laying groundwork as you would be expected. It kind of follows Jordan, right? Follows mm-hmm. him through college, sure. coming up through through the draft, and okay. then you know, it was blah blah blah. The second episode focuses more on Scottie Pippen. Wow. And where he came, yeah, where he came from. Drafted as Scott Pippen, by the way. He's drafted as Scott Pippen. Uh, his high school, his impoverished upbringing. Jordan was not impoverished. Okay, no. His the the, the beginning, came, yeah. The, the beginning to Space Jam is full of shit with Michael Jordan when he's a little yeah. kid playing. Like that didn't really happen. But anyway, no. Mike Michael Jordan. I don't want to say privileged, but Michael no, Jordan. Was, it's fine. Comfortable. Yeah. He was comfortable. Scotty Pippen dude. came. Yeah, Scotty Pippen came from nothing. And all right, so it, it follows him, and then he grows like six inches his senior year or something, and then you know, and so it follows him. <clears throat> episodes three and four, senior year. yeah. 
episodes three and four get uh, then they bring Rodman in, right? Ooh. And now they're they're dealing with the Rodman. Chaos and, comes. Yeah, and they're dealing with a lot of their rivalry with the Pistons. Um, well, the Pistons were kind of, like this was a different game back in the nineties too. It was WWE is yeah. what it was back in the 90s. Dude, the NBA in the 90s was the shit. Like, these guys were rough on each other, man. They, they, they When they flopped, the shit was a real flop. Dude, like, it's now ridiculous. it's more of like a soccer ballet kind of thing going on where they're like, oh, I got hurt, and they fall. These but, guys, oh, these guys. They were monsters. They weren't even getting a technical foul for something that would get you a six-game suspension. <clears throat> Bro, I'm still it, pissed it about – Michael Jordan's foul on Brian Russell. I can't wait. This better happen in the documentary. He clearly fouled Brian Russell at the end of game six against Utah Jazz. He 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 must he basically I think Brian Russell ended up in like the third row on the peanut guy. Okay? And at the buzzer hits the hits the game winning shot to win the game ninety six ninety five or whatever. Brian Russell's got like three broken ribs. Two slip discs, one concussion. Oh, no fall. No fall. So I'm ready to see that. I don't think that's probably happened yet in the documentary based upon the way you're talking about it. Just bringing in Scotty, just bringing in Rodman. But yeah, um, no, and it's it's good. And and remember what I said at the very beginning of this thing. This is why I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. At the very beginning of this thing, before it even came out, remember I said Jordan went on, uh, was quoted as saying, you're not going to think I'm a very nice dude after watching this. Um, there's none of that yet. Like, Jordan does not come off poorly yet. He comes off as competitive. He comes off as get in your face. He comes off. But we knew all that. All right? We knew but all that about Michael wrong. Jordan. There's nothing. There's no- that's like to go back to Kobe. There's That goes back to, like, a Bill Belichick or, like, that type of personality. Um, you know, Kobe, Michael Jordan, these guys were the best because they believed wholeheartedly they were the best and they didn't take any shit. So right. I don't have any, pre- so some people call that conceited or whatever. I don't call that conceited because I don't remember, even though I didn't like Michael Jordan in high school either, because clearly I was a jazz fan back in the day, but cause everybody around me in Bristol, Connecticut, where I grew up was a bulls fan from Chicago for some weird ass reason. Nobody liked the Celtics in my high school, but that's the reason I didn't really like the bulls, but that doesn't mean I didn't respect. I don't remember Michael Jordan ever like a, I mean, unless the press was protecting him, I don't ever remember him being rude or mean to people. I just, I don't remember that. I remember him more of a, Maybe not necessarily a Derek Jeter type, but I remember him just kind of just whooping ass, playing the game, basically like with confidence. And I remember him making kids movies like and when he had a gambling problem, he left. He was forced out. He came back. He cleaned it up. He won again. And then he kind of bowed out into the sunset just a little bit too late, in my opinion, but not too, too late. Not a Brett Favre too late, but like a a little bit too late with the Wizards. But he, I don't remember any controversy with him. So I'm, I'm shocked when you say this. Well, this is what he said. And again, we're four episodes in. We have not. Now we'll see where this goes. It is not touched on any of the gambling theories if you will, and and some of it substantiated. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. It, yeah, it hasn't touched on any of that, but uh, it's it is kind of interesting. Like Jordan's sitting there, and he's just kind of sitting in his chair, giving an interview, right? And he's like in a, like a just a black t shirt or something, and he's looking pretty cut. He's still in good shape. He's bigger. You can tell he's put on a few. Yeah, pounds, no, he's you know? aged well. But he's you know he's always sitting there drinking a bourbon, just kind of. I would too. Chilling. Yeah, he's just kind of drinking too. a bourbon, chilling. So I don't know if that's what he thought people were going to get turned off by. It's like, dude, you've done, you know, you play golf, you smoke cigars, you play blackjack and you drink bourbon. That that's okay. You've, you know, that's Yeah, you that's won six championships and considered yeah. the greatest basketball player of all time and you're still a businessman who owns an exactly. NBA team. Exactly. You're, so you can, I don't know. you can drink a bourbon and relax knowing that you had a very accomplished life. Yeah, there's got to be another shoe to drop here, though, because because yeah, maybe I don't it's something with his family been. or maybe something with his dad. I don't know. I but mean, the Rodman, the Rodman stuff is just so he incredibly nuts, entertaining. Dude. So incredibly entertaining. He was nuts, dude. So. Rodman still is nuts. 
And his, so that's where we are on that. And his movie with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme sucked. And I was the one where they're in Bangkok or something, I think. That movie was terrible when Rodman tried to act. But So, all right, man. So you're recommending this show. Oh, this absolutely. Is, okay. Absolutely. All right. Unequivocally. Yep. All right. Are you are you uh are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Are man. you ready? I can't even hit my cough button, but I'm ready. I know you don't need to hit your cough button, baby. Yeah. This is the fourth wall. We're gonna break it. I hope you all are ready because now we've hit a perfect hour on sports. Now we're gonna get into the top ten list. And this is gonna be a good one. And Moldog's gonna take the ride with us. And he's going to know most of this, but you guys are going to know all of it. This is Plyrock's official top 10 most iconic video game characters of all time. 